Welcome to Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. I'm Federica Carubini, the head of the leadership development at the Institute. We read many stories about news innovators in Europe and the United States, but what is it like to launch a digital-born outlet in the Global South? What are those challenges and opportunities for founders who take the plunge in those countries? Our guest today is one of those founders. His name is Chani Guyot. He was the editor-in-chief of La Nación, one of Argentina's leading newspapers, and in 2017, he left to find Redacción, one of the most innovative examples of digital-born newspapers in the Global South. Today, with Chani, we'll talk about membership, human journalism and social empathy, and how to measure success of audience participation. Chani, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much, Federica, for this uh, invitation, for having me here. I I'm regularly audience uh, of this uh, podcast, so it it's a pleasure and a privilege to, to be here. Thanks. Thank you so much. So I want to start with a personal question. What did you, um, so why did you leave a good, secure job at an established newspaper to launch a small new startup? Well, uh, yes, that's a personal question. <laughs> and, and to make the, the long story short, I would say I, I entered La Nacion when I was 27 year old, long time ago, uh, and I follow a very particular path uh, down there uh, as designer, graphics editor, uh, design director, uh, innovation director, and finally editor in chief. And after 21 years at, at the company and, and four years as editor in chief, I decided to step down. Uh, and I would say sort of to change the, the nature of, of my challenges. Of course, it was a, a big and beautiful challenge to lead uh, that talented newsroom of almost 200 people. Uh, and we work and we do have a lot of fun and success in bringing into the 21st century uh, a great media brand um, born in, in the 19th century. Um, but on the other hand, uh, today I feel that it's, it's also an enormous and also beautiful challenge to create a new media venture from scratch. Uh, so to bring in a, a small but also very talented team um, that by building this, this new media, we are trying to answer some essential questions to, to our uh, craft, uh, to, to journalism and also to media. So. How can we acknowledge the, the media fatigue um, and the media avoidance phenomenon, for example, or, or how can we cover the, the most pressing social issues uh, we face as a society and cover it in a different way? And probably the most interesting question, uh, how does uh, this particular uh, experience of the 21st century people's participation can affect journalism? So. I would say that at the core of, of Redacción, uh, we are trying to hack like the broadcast one way or the monologue paradigm that was born with mass media. Um, and it's one of the challenges our industry is facing. facing. I'm sorry, it wasn't short the, the, the answer, uh, but I have two more things to say. Uh, there is almost no secure job now in, in our industry. Uh, I think everything is at risk. Um, and acknowledging that, I think it, it's, it's a good thing. And, and on the other hand, I believe that in the end, I guess um, that why I stepped down being the editor-in-chief of a great media, uh, well, I guess it has to do a lot with a very personal calling. 
Um, on that, um, I read a sentence which I found very, very interesting, where you said human journalism can rebuild social empathy. Can you explain to us what it means? Uh, yes, we, we believe that the problems we are facing as society, the challenges are very complex and of course uh, demands complex, many times complex solutions. And we are not going to, to find those solutions without an open uh, dialogue between institutions, politicians and citizens. Uh, so polarization, for example, it's, it's, it's almost the name of, of the social conversation today uh, and is preventing us to find those solutions. And in that sense, I believe journalism has an important role in terms of showing uh, other words, uh, helping us understand other opinions. Uh, so there is a role for empathy. We, we take this very seriously at, at Redaccion. So we've been trying sort of new formats that help uh, how to help us, our audience, to have more empathy with different lives, people that live in a different way or thinks in a different way than myself. Uh, so it, it has to do with how we build a more robust set citizenship that helps that public dialogue to evolve and, and find real solutions because those dialogues might, should have at the end, some impact in personal and institutional decisions. You mentioned Argentina is a very polarized country. Um, so who is your audience and what role does Redacción play in such a polarized scenario? Well, our audience is mostly young, but not just young people that are already worried uh, about this pressing social issues and they want to do something about it. They already uh, think they can commit themselves in a way on those discussions and, and sometimes in, in, in specific actions. Um, we do um, a lot of curation. We have 12 newsletters. Uh, and so there we try to be uh, very balanced in, in which voices we, we put uh, on the table. Uh, we do very little political coverage, specific political coverage. So in a sense, uh, and, and we try to, in, in, from that point of view, uh, we try uh, that everybody can read our newsletters or our journalism, despite the side of, of, of the polarization uh, where, where there are stand. Uh, so it's, it's not easy. And of course, as every media, sometimes people accuse us of being uh, one side uh, of, uh, of, of, of the road. Um, but we believe that keeping an open conversation with, with every side, it's, it's very important. I mean, it's not just giving the mic to different opinions, but bringing in arguments and, and trying to, that helps us to understand better uh, problems and solutions. You got the very polarization, there is also the issue of trust in news, which, which is um, low in Argentina. Um, what possible causes do you see for this? And how does Redacción is trying to address this problem? Well, the, the, the lack of trust in media is getting worse and worse every year. The, the digital news report by the Reuters Institute uh, shows a, a significantly decrease uh, in, in, in trust in media. Only one third of, of Argentinians that respond that 
um, the study uh, trust news overall uh, going down from I think it was 40% uh, the, the previous year and also for example the, the Edelman trust barometer uh, says that 71% of Argentinians uh, agreed that media is not doing well at being objective or, or non-partisans um, so the, the most important thing here is that you need to keep on the open conversation. You need to uh, hear um, the other side. You need to bring in people that think different, but uh, are also open to, to listen different arguments. Um, and the problem is in most media in Argentina, you can find in the same media some uh, quality reporting, but also usually mixed with, with political biases, mistakes, soft clickbait. Uh, and so this is creating a, a news environment full of noise. I believe that that's like the main um, reason um, around why we are seeing this decreasing in, in media trust. Um, I wanna talk about Redacion business model. So you rely on a membership model. So why membership and what does it allow you to do differently compared, for example, a more traditional subscription model? Well, um, membership is, is our membership program is, is much more than, than a revenue stream. Of course, it is the revenue streams, uh, among other things, but we consciously assume that with our journalism, uh, we are particularly serving our most engaged readers and those are our members. Uh, we create several mechanisms by we, which we communicate with them. We ask them lots of questions every week in our member newsletters. We invite them to, to participate in, in several ways in our journalism. Um, and I believe that these models, subscription and memberships, uh, create a, like a, a, a excellent, a clear and transparent sense of, of the value you are creating. Because if someone is open his wallet or her wallet, it is because you are delivering value, a valuable experience beyond clicks. Uh, and it's really a different game uh, than the volume game that seeks for the advertising money. What does it mean to bet on asking your audience to sustain you financially in a country that has been such a, such a big economic instability? Well, of course, it's very, very challenging. Um, uh, you have to have a very clear sense of what is your value proposition. Uh, you need to have a, a, you have to do the work at first, and then you have to, to have a, a good narrative also. And, and that's not easy also, because uh, there are not many membership models in Argentina. There are some very successful subscription models uh, with uh, with um, paywalls, uh, metered paywalls. Uh, so, um, but we found that we have just ran a poll around all our members, and the number one reason that's why they are members is because they want to support the kind of journalism we are crafting. So, uh, I would say that of course we need to to make it much bigger. We need to to increase uh, our members. But we are following a, a very um, detailed path of uh, what does it mean to be a member of Reaction? What are you getting? Uh, what are you giving? And how, we, how, how you are part 
in a sense of, of our journalism. Of course, our our newsrooms and uh, newsroom and our journalists has a role, uh, and they have a lot of, of uh, an important uh, um, role regarding that conversation we have with our members. Um, but on the other hand, our churn is very very low. So we believe we are creating a, a sustainable model around this kind of journalism. Tricky question. You might not be allowed to share numbers, but how is it going? Um, what's been the audience feedback uh, on, on, after the creation, redaction, and, and what kind of percentage um, are you getting from, from the directory, the contribution? Well, today's the, the membership revenue stream represents around 18% of our revenues. Uh, we do have like a, a very big and successful newsletter operation. So the, the most important part of our revenues are brands that are sponsors in our newsletters and they have their space. We, we take, uh, we, we put a lot of work, very personal, very uh, special newsletters, uh, some daily, some weekly. Uh, we have around 30,000 subscribers uh, and they are brands that are uh, sharing their message with our audience is the number one uh, revenue stream. Um, audience um, membership stream is is getting bigger, but it's a it's a slow. It's a, we believe it's, it's a slow um, path that you need to be adjusting lots 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 of of uh, fine details, and at the end the experience that comes up. From that uh, detail, it's uh, can give you uh, uh, the, the the base for a robust membership model. But we have some uh, small examples that uh, we believe are working very good. Every week we have a, a person responsible for membership. Every week she calls sort of three or four new members, and she asks uh, two questions mainly. Number one, why did you decide to, to become a member of Reaction? Number second, uh, what do you expect? And of course, she tells also what you are getting for being a member and, and so on. So we are tracking every week very close to with our new members, how, how are we are doing our work without the expectations. And I have to say also many times, great ideas came from came in from from those conversations so of course there's always the question of scale you can do this uh, while you have a certain scale uh, but uh, in many senses i feel that what we are doing at redaction is a different kind of game uh, than being a mass media or or what i call this broadcast monologue or or one way delivering of content and it has much. Uh, it has a lot to do with with the idea of service, of thinking as a, a media and and its journalism, journalism as, as a service, not just a, as a product. So, as you said, audience participation is is a fundamental principle of relation. Um, have I understood correctly that the person who is responsible for membership is in rotation across the newsroom every week? So, as everyone in the team is somehow responsible for membership. Well, we have one person specifically that his response, she's responsible for, for talking with members and, and asking questions and handle that relationship. But uh, in many, as we have many stories that are reported with the help of our members. 
all, uh, all of our journalists at one point, they have to interact with our members. We have, we have several models on one hand, for example, we can build a WhatsApp group with let's say six, seven or eight members that uh, follows uh, with a journalist while he's reporting. So he will ask questions, he will share information. So in a sense, uh, at the end, when, when the journalist uh, sit down and write the story, he has at his hands and in his head the, the relevance criteria of our audience that was represented by this small group um, in, in this WhatsApp, for example. So this is one of the mechanism, uh, mechanisms. On the other hand, we have a participation editor that works with uh, the reporters to see the opportunities we have in bringing in um, these readers or, or members' experience, opinions, or, or knowledge. So what you describe makes me think that at the core of it, there is a fundamental mindset that uh, embraces the working with the audience as, as a part of, of, of the day-to-day -day job and not just an add-on. Absolutely. And I would say that, of course, you can have the tools and you can have the, the processes but as you said, it, it's, it's a mindset and it was not easy to develop, even though we are, and of course it's easier if you're a small organization, we are uh, 18 people, uh, but it took us a time to really understand and craft this idea uh, and the experience that your audience can add, you a lot, add to your journalism a lot of value. And, and let me give you an example. Um, we ran a, an Instagram um, story around relationship uh, of, of young people. How, how do you handle, how do you relate with your money and the future of your money? Of course, in this context is a very critical uh, way, a very critical topic. Of course, we have more than 3000 uh, participation, people that, that vote the polls and and tell us their stories, how they feel, uh, and, and that. We um, analyze all that almost by hand because you don't have the tools, uh, for example, inside Instagram stories to, to, to that. We run a story where, of course, almost every uh, opinion or position was represented. The story also have the, the, the voice of the experts, uh, of course. Uh, and then we make uh, an event and we invite everybody to this event around this, this topic. And when you see uh, all that process um, with a certain perspective, it, it looks quite a lot um, like a conversation between the audience and the newsroom. Uh, so we believe that th there's something different there in the way we understand uh, our audience needs uh, and, and that opportunities of, of participation. And on the other hand, uh, those kind of jobs can never be done by just one person, just one reporter. So it's really uh, obliges also to create uh, spaces and groups and processes uh, so that you can handle a conversation that may last one month, that may have many products uh, and that in, in a sense, maybe someone answers that Instagram story and then read the story and comment, and then he came or she came into the event. And when that's the kind of, of, of journalism that we are trying to, to develop. 
I find it, this aspect of how uh, the mindset of the newsroom changes to to really embrace this as as journalists as part of journalists really really interesting and it makes me want to ask you in building your team what are you looking for in people both in terms of skills and attitude what makes a redaction journalist a redaction journalist well uh well, that's a very difficult question <laughs> on the one hand we need talent of course uh when you build a startup uh you you, you need a lot of talent so uh, br- we bring in people and talent is not uh it's a currency also it's it's not just something that you have uh so we bring in people that it's eager to learn and to experiment uh, and that is like uh like one of the most important things people that can tolerate uncertainty also as in every startup um people that embrace uh doing new things on different things and that is uh also um open to to experimentation uh, and and team learning so uh, when i describe all, all of these things there is one um, particular uh, aspect of us journalists that is like the killing uh, it kills everything that it's ego so we journalists we are all full of ego was generally um, so that's that's like what we are not looking at and, and it's not always easy in terms of you need people that have already some uh, experience um, and then we, we have like a, this obsession with diversity in, in, any, in many senses because really uh, every, any conversation, any teamwork explode or can explode if there's diversity in the room. So we have like two people of 22 years, very, very uh, young. Uh, I'm 51. We have uh, our, our reporter with 55. Uh, it, it's a it's a, a really diverse in many senses, um, religion, political. So um, you have to you need a like a sort of playful mind uh, in order to also have fun while creating a, a, a media startup in the worst moment, in the worst place, in the worst time for our industry. Um, well, I'm not sure if I answer the question. Yeah, I would <laughs> even argue that all of that that you just described is actually valid, not just for a new startup, but very generally across across the journalist industry. Um, I want to conclude by asking you um, something more specific about the recent, the most recent time about the pandemic. Um, at a recent event, you mentioned that um, the most successful piece in the last year was an article explaining why someone shouldn't be worried if they had a fever because it could also possibly not be in COVID. Um, why did you think that article was so successful and what information need did you notice emerge during the pandemic? Well, that's, that's a good question. And I believe that after one year of pandemic, uh, at least at reaction, and I see it in, in many other media and markets, there are two kinds of, of I don't know if they are journalists, journalists, but two kind of journalism formats that are really taking, like uh, in in my uh, opinion, the the pole position. One is explainers, and the other one is news to use. And sometimes some pieces can be both at, at the same time. But I mean, it, we are living in a in a time of 
uh, huge uncertainty. So the need to understand, uh, well, in our case, drives us to create some special reports around uh, which is the world we are facing, but not just like China and Europe and US or the global South. What are the world we are facing in our own lives? Uh, what are um, the, the world we are facing in, in our health and in our families? So this takes us to the second uh, aspect or chapter that is news to use. So we, we make lots of uh, simple, uh, small pieces. It takes a lot of work to make them small and simple. So how, how to work from home, how to deal with children and screens, how to take care of your mental health in, in these times of quarantine. Um, so that's news to use and, and, and uh, the explainers. The, the, our last hit was how the herd immunity works, of course. Uh, the thing is that in, in many, many media, these kind of stories are like the color stories or like the side stories. Uh, we find that we need to put them in the center of our journalism, pay them a lot of attention, uh, put a lot of resources on that. And I believe that it has a lot to do with, with considering that you are uh, serving your audience, trying to help your audience solve their problems. Uh, so this is also like a, a um, important mindset in terms of how you understand your journalism and the function of, of your journalism regarding your audience. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you very much for joining us today. It was really, really great to be able to chat with you. Thank you, Federica. A pleasure. Our guest today was Chani Guyot, CEO and founder of Argentinian news outlet Redacción. Make sure to follow our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio on our homepage. And we also have a Spanish newsletter now. Thank you for listening to Future of Journalism. I'm Federica Cherubini and we'll be back soon.